0: What's the first word that comes to your mind when I say colonoscopy? I'll start. Dread. Okay. Now you go on the count of three. One, two, three. Don't worry if I can't hear your word because it's more important that you know your word. Plus, I'm feeling you cosmically because I've heard it all when it comes to the colonoscopy. I've heard clients and gut love community members describe a colonoscopy with words like sucks, scared, pointless, gross, overwhelming, anxious. And of course, that word that comes up most often, prep. Oh, that one comes up a lot. Uh, The prep. Like I said, my word is dread. And you'd think by now, after having as many colonoscopies as I've had, and that number's just way too high for me to even count, you'd think that I'd be old hat and that I'd be over the dread because it's not like I don't know what's coming. With a colonoscopy, though, I'm not fearing the unknown. I'm fearing the known. I'm not sure there's a way to completely dissolve my dread over colonoscopies. But the good news is that after years of having them, I finally figured out the secret to having more than just negative emotions about my colonoscopy. When you plan and truly dial in your colonoscopy experience, there can be positive emotions and experiences mixed in with the negative as well. After all, we're women, with the right information, we have no problem forming higher level, deeply faceted emotions. Would I rather never have a colonoscopy again? Hell yeah, yeah, but for me, with the stricturing type of Crohn's that I have where your intestines love to cave in and collapse on themselves... That's never going to happen. So at least I can say that I've discovered the secret, or should I say secrets, because there's lots of them, to more manageable, tolerable, and dare I say, enjoyable colonoscopies. It's my 411 on all things colonoscopy related, especially the prep. Here we go. Hey there, my friend. Karen Haley with you today on the Cheeky Podcast. 80 episodes in, that's how far we've come together. How have we not talked about this before? Colonoscopies are something that all of us deal with, with Crohn's and colitis. I have notes upon notes upon notes to help people when they are going into a colonoscopy, but for the podcast, I wanted to wait until one was really fresh in my mind so that I could give you my best, most up-to-date insights, information that could really help you the next time or the first time you go in for this procedure because it doesn't have to be as scary or as horrible as it seems to turn out for so many of us let's bump up your colonoscopy experience and take it from horrible to at least very tolerable. And I'll even tell you about the parts that you can actually enjoy. In true me fashion, you know that I love to get really into the weeds, into the details of all of our IBD topics. So in this episode, I'm taking you all the way through the colonoscopy experience because it's not just about the procedure itself. It's about the prep and the days leading up to the prep and the days and the months after the procedure that still reverberate in our bellies. Oh, we are getting into it. So buckle up, get something to write with. This is definitely a notes episode and let's dive into it. Now, before we get too deep, it bears mentioning that when I'm talking about colonoscopies here, I'm mainly talking about my own experience, coupled with client experiences as well. These experiences, they may not completely coincide with your colonoscopy experience, but I bet that there are tidbits that will fit for you. Things that you can take away to help with your experience. If any of what we talk about today helps you out, then listening to this episode will be worth it. You also know, of course, that I'm not a trained medical professional, and I'm not talking about colonoscopies as a medical professional today. I'm talking about my experience from the patient side. You'll always want to to talk to your doctor about the specifics of your case before adopting any of the ideas mentioned today because we're all different. There's a couple scientifically researched ideas that we will talk about regarding the various preps and how to best take them for the colonoscopy. And you can see all of that research to make an informed decision for yourself in the show notes at karenhaley.com forward slash 80, and I will let you know when I'm talking about the scientific research. Remember, if you're going to the show notes, Karen is spelled with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com forward slash 80. Okay, sound good? Let's start and we're going to go in order of the way things will happen for you if you are in a true colonoscopy situation. I think that's going to help you best. So we'll start with a few days before the procedure. Chances are by a few days before you've already been to your doctor, he or she has set a date and a time for your colonoscopy, and you will have all the what to do and when to do it handouts from your provider. And let me just say that as a side note, while we're on the topic of the time and the date for your procedure, personally, I like to schedule my colonoscopy for first thing in the morning. The first procedure of the day, and yes, you can request this. As long as your procedure isn't urgent or it isn't an emergency, they will make this happen for you. You just have to ask. After the prep, you might be exhausted. You might not feel well. Your bottom might be sore. You might be hangry by this time because you haven't eaten in 24 hours. So my motto is get it over with and get on with your life. When we talk about the prep, we'll talk about other ways to think about this because that's just me. I want you to think about it from every angle. We'll talk about other options for you to consider. And it's crucial to tailor this to what works best for you. But for me, the first thing in the morning colonoscopy is the way to go. It just works for me. Okay. So a few days prior, Sometimes there are medications that need to be stopped and even some supplements that might need to be paused until after the procedure. But the biggest thing you'll want to do a few days prior is to get your supplies ready. And as you'll see, if you want to have a successful and tolerable and even somewhat enjoyable in some ways experience, there's more to get ready than just the prep and rushing around, getting things together the day of your prep, it is not the way to get through this in a calm, cool, and collected way. So keep calm about getting your colonoscopy supplies ahead of time and carry on. We'll talk about in greater detail about what that means, what those supplies will be, but planning, just know that planning is the key here. Before the shh, you know what I'm talking about, hits the fan, or more accurately, the toilet, before that happens, make sure you have everything you need for a successful prep and do that a few days ahead of time. Now, two days prior to your procedure is when things really rev up in the colonoscopy department. You have all your supplies, including all your food and drinks, and you're ready to go. When I start my two days before the colonoscopy preparations, it ensures that I will be cleaned out for the procedure, which means that the doc can then get a good look around. And you definitely don't want to be doing this again for quite a while. Am I right? So it ensures that, and that maybe you don't need all of the prep. Again, this is me personally, I'm tiny and size and weight does make a difference. But food is a big part of the two days before your procedure. And I'm going to get to that. But I also want to say that this two days before, it's about being as relaxed as possible. Because it's about your mindset and your state as well. You've got a really big day coming up tomorrow and the next day as well. So prep day and then procedure day. Give your body the rest it needs to bring your best self to the table. So that means two days before, no appointments, no extra activities. Have a normal day. Try to let any negative events, just let them go. Just think zen two days before. And trust me, it's a small thing, but it does matter. It makes a difference. Now, on to the most important thing that I do two days prior to my colonoscopy. So that is one day before the prep. I change the way I normally eat so that my diet is very, very low residue. Now, if you've had a colonoscopy before, your doc might have told you two days before, begin to eat a low fiber or low residue diet. So what they're talking about there is no nuts, no seeds, no popcorn, you know, those things that really stick with you for a while. But I once had a doctor who recommended taking this idea one step further. And I've tried it several times since, and it's really been a game changer for every colonoscopy I've had since. The more in your digestive system when you start the prep, the more that needs to come out. The less in your digestive system, the less that needs to come out. So with the low residue foods I just mentioned, I also add two days prior I also add in some more restrictions. No meat, no dairy, no raw, no bread, no cereal. Easy to digest foods only. Two days before, easy to digest foods only. Foods that don't stay in my body long and foods that my body doesn't have to work hard to digest. So what do I then eat? What, what do I eat two days before? Well, I eat eggs. I eat well-cooked veggies. I might have a mashed banana or some applesauce or pear sauce and loads and loads of bone broth. Beef stock, chicken stock, so good and soothing for your gut and rich so it stays with you but doesn't stay with your gut. If you're a big meat and potatoes gal, this might make you feel hungry eating this way. It might make you feel hungry this day. But the bone broth is so important because it keeps you fuller longer. I also eat homemade pureed soups and I drink smoothies and fresh pressed juices that two days prior. See how all of this that you're doing the two days before it's either drinkable or it's easily digestible. Make the prep easier on your digestive system. Two days before your procedure and one day before your prep, go low, low, low residue. If you want some help with this idea in terms of smoothies, juicing, and soup ideas for this day, I've got you covered. Way back in episode 22 and episode 24 of the podcast, I talked all about smoothies and juicing and about the gut healing power of soup. In these episodes, I offered extra recipe resources to help you get started And they're still available. To this day, you know, these are two of my most downloaded resources that I offer. Maybe you already have them. When it's time for the colonoscopy, dust them off, get them out. Or if you don't have them, get them ASAP. You can get my juice and smoothies recipe resource at karenhaley.com forward slash drinks karenhaley.com forward slash drinks and you can get my soup recipes at karenhaley.com forward slash soup. All the soup recipes can also be pureed which is what you're going to want for this day so that's a bonus because when all of this is behind you then you can even make some of the soups in the more traditional form. There's one last thing but not least, that I, I have to mention about two days prior to your procedure. And that is in keeping with your Zen attitude, that night, I want you to go to bed early and get a good night's sleep. You want to be well rested for tomorrow. Okay, that's two days prior. Now let's look at the big day the colonoscopy prep day because if you've been through this before you know that this is really the big day because after this day the colonoscopy procedure itself it's a walk in the park. First let's talk about food or more to the point the non-food that you'll be consuming. Today is fasting. It's clear liquid day. You've already done lots of the work the day before with your low low residue diet. Today you're just taking it one step further. Today is about clear liquids, and I'm sure your doctor will give you a list of approved liquids, but I'll also add my two cents of some of my favorite beverages. The main liquids I consume on prep day are homemade or high-quality commercial bone broth, also tea, and water. These are my healthy go-to... Drinks, things that I drink with no limits. They are the driver behind me staying physically strong, keeping my gut as happy as it can be that day, and knowing that I'm still adding to my health with those things. Now, there's other things as well just to keep me going, other things that I keep on hand in case I need them. And those would be things like coconut water, apple juice, white grape juice, ginger ale homemade jello. I make that with the clear juices that I mentioned. I also keep on hand fruit pops made with real fruit. Not kind with bits in it, but real fruit that's smooth and creamy. Ones like mango or lemon. No Fruit pops with dark colors like red, purple, blue, but just the ones that are almost clear color. I also like to keep on hand Italian ice. I love it. And again, that would be like mango or lemon flavored, some coconut maybe, you know, something that doesn't have any color to it. I find that throughout the day, it's helpful for me to rotate between these things. And I like to rotate between hot beverage and cold beverage because it just keeps it more interesting. It's just more palatable for me that way. So that's another tip for you. That's pretty much what you'll be drinking and can drink until midnight on prep day. Of course, at midnight, you're gonna go to nothing. They call it NPO, nothing by mouth. That's what you're gonna do at midnight, but this will be the all, all that day, all the time leading up to midnight. Your list might be a little different than mine, but it's all liquid and it's all clear. Okay, now the next part of the day we should definitely cover is my general prep day tips. I've got 11 tried and true tips to get you through, as well as find enjoyable, here's where the enjoyment comes in, enjoyable pockets in this, what we can only call challenging day. This is where little pieces of enjoyment, they get filtered in, if the day is going to be crappy, and yes, that pun is intended, we might as well find ways to have enjoyable moments in there as well because we deserve it. Okay, let's start with the tips. Remember there's 11 of them. Number 1. Whatever prep you're given, make sure that you take it cold, like super cold. Huge, make it cold, really makes a difference. Number two, drink it through a straw and put the straw in the back of your throat as far back as you can and just efficiently suck it down so you taste as little as possible. You want a really tight suck here. I know most of the time we don't want to do a straw, but I really like a straw for this purpose. But you do have to kind of keep it tight to avoid Air, because you don't want to have extra bloating and gas through the straw. At the same time, you want to avoid that bad taste. So straw to the back of the throat and have a nice suction there so you don't get too much air. Number three, have lemon wedges available to suck on after each gulp. You're going to bite into that lemon like you just downed a shot of tequila. In fact, I would say close your eyes, pretend it's tequila because that tastes better. Just be careful because you don't want to swallow the bits of pulp that are in the lemon. And you can avoid this by sucking on it and then spitting it out after. I know, it's not pretty, but who cares? It's just you. It's just the prep. Who cares? If you need to, you can just spit it out so you avoid those little bits of pulp. Number four, another option instead of or even in addition to the lemon wedge is to have a chaser. Again, it's like my reference to shots. It's much better than what you're drinking. And I'm not a shot gal at all. I sound like a, I sound like I love shots. But no, I just, just for this purposes, have a chaser. Your chaser, it should be different than what you are drinking with your prep. It could be lemonade. It could be tea. It could be apple juice. But I have to warn you here, be careful with your choice because after this, You may never want to drink that juice again. It's all about the paired association and all that, right? Let me put it to you this way. When you were a kid, if you had the flu, did you ever not want to eat what you had before you threw up? It's the same principle. I remember so vividly this one time when I was a kid throwing up after chewing grape hubba bubba. Do you remember Hubba Bubba gum? I don't think they sell it anymore, but to this day, I can't go near grape gum. Just can't. It just makes me think about feeling nauseous, feeling sick. Same principle. So choose your chaser wisely. All right, tip number five. There's several things that I'm going to recommend that you have on hand. And one of those things is a heating pad or a hot water bottle pad that you can put over your belly. It's very soothing when your tummy is just doing somersaults or it's bloated or it's gassy. Have that heating pad on hand. Tip number six. Another thing that's great to have handy just in case is something called a sitz bath. S-I-T-Z bath. I talk about this contraption all the time. And I'm amazed how many C&Cers don't know what I'm talking about. A sitz bath. It's a round bucket. You fill it with warm water. It sits on your toilet. And you can sit in it when you have a sore bum. It really helps. It got me through my freshman year in college. A sits bath. Look it up on Amazon. You're going to love it. Get a sits bath. All right, number seven, tip number seven. Again, just in case, it's a good idea to have a bucket or as my mom, who was a nurse, she always called it an emesis basin. It's a good idea to have that handy. Sometimes the prep can make you feel nauseous. You might never need it, but having it ahead of time and not needing it is better than puking in the toilet you just pooped in, right? I know, gross thought there. Okay, moving on to tip number eight. Throughout the day, always have whatever you're drinking close by. Remember, it's clear liquids only today, so have that drink on hand always. And keep sipping it throughout the day so that you feel full, as full as you can. You never want to go in search of something to drink when you're hangry. It just does not turn out well. Trust me, it doesn't go well, so have that beverage handy. Tip number nine, when it's time for your prep, whether it's time for you to start going to the bathroom or not, this is your time. Once you start the prep, you are in big capital letters, you time, and no one else's time. This means that you create a space, one close to the bathroom, ideally in your bedroom where the bathroom is close by. Gather up your electronics. Streaming shows are going to be your best friend today. And thank God that we can help the prep time pass by binge watching our favorite TV show. If you are a magazine gal, stock up on guilty pleasure magazines, this is the time to do it. Us, people, whatever it is, maybe you're into crafting or gardening or health magazines. I like to gather up these kinds of magazines as well so I have options and they give me something else to do if I get bored watching TV. Music and candles, those are a must too. They set the mood. They just bring peace and calm to any environment. Bring all of these things to your spot and hunker down when you start the prep. Not when you go number two, when you hunker down, because there's gonna be a little time lag in there usually. So this is for when you start it. The whole prep time, it is your time. I cannot say that enough, it's your time. Comfy blankets, even one of those boyfriend pillows, maybe you had one when you were pregnant, it's this big body pillow. Get that out, dust it off. You might want that to keep you comfortable as well. Create your own safe you space. One that ideally has a bed or a couch. It's close to the bathroom. And let your family know that during this time, there's no distractions other than the ones that you choose to take your mind off the prep. No work, no family obligations, no pets to take out, just you. And if you need to enlist the help of your older kids, your spouse, a parent, a friend, whoever can make sure that you don't get disturbed. Some of that can just help you make this happen for you. Remember, this is your time and you deserve it. And when we're talking about the whole enjoyment part of the prep day, this is it. This is your enjoyment. All of the creature comforts that make this day all you. Yes, it, it can suck. It can suck to keep getting interrupted <laughs> for this, from this you time to go to the bathroom, but then you can get back to your comfy, safe space knowing that it's all about you and it's just for you. Okay, tip number 10, along with comfy blankets and other creature comforts, make sure you're wearing clothes that say comfy to you. So no zippers, no tight-fitting pants this day. Comfy is the name of the game. And tip number 11, we made it to the last tip before we get into the lovely prep Tip number 11 is that if you are anxious, if you start to get anxious during this time, I want you to know that it's completely natural, it's completely normal. A lot of people start to get anxious and nervous while they're doing this. If your distractions don't help, use the time to journal or go inward to visualize yourself in a different place, wherever your happy place is. Deep breathing and meditation, those kinds of things can help as well. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know I love this free app called Insight Timer. Download it to your app store because it's great for anxiety during moments like this. Okay, that's 11 tried and true tips you can use no matter what prep you choose. Now, today is all about the prep and it's where I get the most questions and I would say the biggest complaints from you. So let's spend some time here because I want this part, the worst part of all of this, I want it to be as annoyance and pain-free as possible for you. Doing those 11 tried and true tips tips, that's part of it. But let's dive in a little deeper and talk specifically about your colonoscopy prep. In terms of what you might be taking to get yourself cleaned out. There's several options doctors prescribe. Some of them you need a prescription for and others are over the counter. If you've never had a colonoscopy before, or if you're wondering what else is out there, at least I can help you mama in the US. I'm not sure what people are taking overseas, so you'll have to talk to your doctor there. But I know in the US, there are some common ones. There's soup prep, which I got to tell you, it doesn't taste so super in any way, shape or form. There's movie prep, and again, nothing like watching a movie, I got to tell you. And then there's also the this particularly bad tasting one. It's a prep called Go Lightly. I mean, are you serious with that name? <laughs> Go Lightly, really? I beg to differ. I have had all of these preps, a time or two, and probably I'd have to say that the worst one is Golightly. Way back in the day, when I was first doing colonoscopies, it was the only prep on the market, and it comes in this huge jug. It looks like water, but it tastes nothing like water. In fact, it's more resembles something like drinking gallons and gallons of pure ocean water. It's disgusting. I have to tell you a little story about Golightly. I remember it was my first prep. It was the summer before I went to college. I was living at home and my mom recruited my brothers. I've got three older brothers. She recruited them to come home and support me. So sweet, right? We all sat around the kitchen table, me with my go not so lightly, and my brothers each with a can of beer. And every time I chugged a glass of go lightly, they would chug a beer. As crazy as that seems, it was very sweet and it was very supportive. So we just sat around the table and we laughed and as they drank more, they laughed more than me. And we played cards until the mixture then sent me to the toilet. But I'll never forget it. I will never forget that moment in time. I never felt more supported by my bros. It was really cool. So those are some, I have a few others to mention. Felice Phospho Soda, that one is over-the-counter, that's an over-the-counter prep, it's smaller, tastes gross, but it's smaller, don't have to drink as much. My favorite though, I have to mention, my favorite prep, and it's one that again, like the eating the low, low residue two days before, like that, this has been a game changer for my colonoscopies, and this is the Murlax Dulcolax prep. And sure, none of these preps, none of them are a walk in the park, but at least with this method, there is no bad taste. So you have less nausea, nausea, less anxiety, less stress about the whole thing because you're not tasting this disgusting liquid the whole time. When you mix the Miralax with your beverage of choice, it just tastes like your beverage of choice and it might not be as strong of a prep as some of the others I mentioned earlier. And I think that's why some doctors don't prescribe this method. But with my low, low residue diet the day before, see how the salt connects, there's not that much in my digestive tract. So it cleans it out. It's enough to clean it out from there. And It's not just my doc that's prescribing this method. I have to say this. The Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the premier IBD hospitals in the country, has this protocol as a colonoscopy prep on their website. I will link to their info in the show notes. You can check it out you can read the whole thing. And then if you want to, you can talk to your doctor about a better tasting, a gentler prep, because that might be something that sounds better to you if you've done those other kinds of preps the soup prep, the go lightly, the movie prep, the ones like that. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, everyone is different and this all needs to be approved by your doctor, but it's certainly worth printing it out and then asking your doctor about it because possibly it could work for you. I gotta tell you, it is so much more palatable than soup prep and all the like. Now, whatever you do, it's not gonna be this whole prep. It's not gonna be the most fun part of your day. It's not like we're going to an amusement park or something. But as we all know, sometimes a colonoscopy is necessary. And remember, the prep, although it can suck, it is very time-limited. It may be 12 hours out of your life. You can do it. It will pass. And it's scary. It's scary to think about what your doctor might find. That makes all of this more nerve-wracking as well, but it can also give you and your doctor exactly the information that you need to move forward. This is your official starting place, so you can move forward with confidence that you're on the right path. Now, when you get that packet of information from your doctor about your colonoscopy and the prep, chances are that there will be times slated on what to drink and when to drink it this is something that you can discuss with your doctor. It doesn't have to be written in stone. Many of the preps I've noticed will say a start time of 5 p.m. in the evening. But for me, if I do that, then I know I will be up all night, or at least part of the night, going to the bathroom. I'll end up cranky, exhausted, angry, hangry by the morning. And personally, I like to start my prep earlier. I like to start it at noon the day before and that way I'm done by 8 p.m. I'm usually cleaned out by then. I can still drink fluids and relax until bedtime. I also like the earlier start time for me because it gives me some flexibility with the pacing of drinking the prep. I know that if I start to feel nauseous or upset in my belly then I can slow it down a little because there's no rush. Another option to consider when it comes to prep timing is something called split dosing. It's when you take one half of the prep the night before and the other half in the morning. I'm seeing lots of my clients talking about their doctors using this method lately, and it seems very interesting to me. I've pulled a couple research articles showing the benefits of split dosing to put in the show notes, karenhaley.com forward slash 80 if you want to check this out one study found that split dosing of the colonoscopy prep improves the quality of the bowel prep if this is something that is of interest to you you can then print out these studies and you can share them with your doctor and then decide would this method be a good fit for you given the time of day that you're having your procedure would this work for you but in case you're having the procedure scheduled for after 12 p.m. the next day, I think the split dosing option really makes sense because you can do part of the prep in the evening, hopefully then get a good night's sleep, and then you can start again in the morning with the second half of the dose. The Cleveland Clinic literature about the colonoscopy prep, the one I was telling you about that talks about the miralax Dulcolax prep, it also talks about split dosing. So that is their preferred method. Even if, this is interesting, even if you're scheduled for your colonoscopy earlier in the day, like before noon, I'm sure it's because of this latest research that shows that it improves the quality of the prep. Of course, let's say that you're scheduled for 9 a.m. the next day. This would mean that besides doing the prep at night, then you'd have to get up in the wee hours of the morning to do that second prep. It's not the way that I prefer to do it because I really value a good night's sleep during this kind of tumultuous period for me. I prefer that good night's sleep the night before, but it's really good to know that we have options and that it can be up to you. It's about picking the best option for you. So talk to your doctor armed with this information. Talk to your doctor and just see what might work best for you. Okay, we've covered a lot today about colonoscopies, probably more than you ever wanted to know about the days leading up to the colonoscopy procedure. We talked about a few days before ideas for success. We talked about how to eat a couple days prior, and then some ideas for your clear liquids. We also talked about tried and true tips for prep day, and then different types of procedure preps and the time of day to consider taking that. So much for you to process, to think about. It doesn't all have to be done at once, so take your time with it, but it will help you when it's colonoscopy time for you again. Remember, as with all of these episodes, take what serves you and leave the rest behind. For the colonoscopy itself, I'm going to leave you in your capable hands in the capable hands of your doctor hopefully (laughs) your doctor has capable hands if they're doing this procedure but there are choices to be made about whether to have your procedure in a hospital setting or in a clinic whether to be put out to be put in twilight sedation or to be given nothing at all I know some people who do that I can't I it's that's crazy to me but I say awesome that's fantastic all those considerations though so lots to consider but That's really a good conversation for you to have with your doctor. For the most part, by the time you get to the colonoscopy itself, the hard part is over. You did the hard part the day before and the procedure itself usually is a snap. It's the easiest part of the whole thing. There's just one more part of the colonoscopy that I would have to say far too few providers are talking about. And that is the after part. Later that day, that week, later the next month? What happens after the colonoscopy? Besides the treatment plan that you and your doctor discuss, what should you be doing to support your digestive system? Because here's the deal with the colonoscopy. For the purposes of this episode, we are assuming you need the procedure. We're assuming there's no way around it. You're experiencing symptoms that make it necessary for it to happen. In my opinion, doctors can be a little colonoscopy happy, and I'm curious if colonoscopies are a little over-prescribed, but that's a topic for another episode. For today, we are going with the theory that you need this procedure. Hopefully, it brought about great information for how you can move forward, but the problem now is that you've completely cleaned out your digestive tract. The good bugs, the bad bugs, all in rapid succession. And when you had the procedure where the colonoscopy scope was inserted and as sterile as it possibly can be, it is possible that some bacteria, some bad bugs were introduced into your digestive tract as well. The whole thing from prep to finish is quite an assault on your body, right? Really, let's just call it out for what it is. It's pretty much an assault on your body, on your digestive system anyway. So how can you best serve your body now? How can you make sure you get back on track with the healthiest digestion possible? Well, first, let's talk about the right after, like the day of after. That day after your procedure, you're going to want to rest. I have to keep getting back to that R word, Rest. You may have been put under or even just twilight sedation. So you're not going to be quite yourself and you aren't even allowed to drive for that reason. So resting is key. You might also feel ravenous. I hope you feel ravenous. How long has it been since you've had solid food? Well, let's just say it's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a while. But before you eat like a horse, It's a good idea to start small and see if your body is ready for solid food again. A good after colonoscopy meal might be something like mint tea, an egg, some bone broth, or some soup, light, easy to digest foods, and then see how they go. See how that works for you first. If the meal goes well, it's okay to add more for the second meal. Just take it easy and build back up slowly. Many people with the colonoscopy, they'll experience gas and bloating and some loose stool. And eating in a way that supports your digestive system, it's really helpful to get you back on track sooner. Now, after the day of rest there and after eating with your bowel's needs in mind, it's a good idea to get on a probiotic to start to restore your micro. Biome. Remember, you have just wiped it clean. Repopulate, rebuild, rebalance your gut. Probiotics are a good way to get moving in that direction. You got to be patient, but it does work. It can help. If you eat fermented foods like homemade yogurt or sauerkraut, those can be really helpful too to start getting your body back on track. Remember, this clean-out, this procedure, it really wreaked havoc on your digestive system. So we need to acknowledge that. This is the part that people are not talking about, acknowledging. Our providers are not talking about it, but it is so true. It will take time for you to get back on track, but be patient. It will happen. You know, one of the things I see clients for most in my practice, one of the clients, one of the things I see clients for most is getting back on track after a colonoscopy. Clients will often say to me, I was never the same after that colonoscopy. I hear that all the time. It's just something nobody is talking about and you might not even know where that, I'm not really feeling that great. You might not know where that came from. Think back, when was the last time you had a colonoscopy? All right, like I said, This is just not talked about enough. So I'm glad that we're finishing our conversation today, talking about the gut dysbiosis after a colonoscopy, because it's really common. It needs to be handled carefully, patiently, but also deliberately, you know, with intention. If this is you, if you're struggling right now after a colonoscopy, know that this is very normal. I hear about it all the time and it can get better. So reach out because I am here to help. Reach out at hello at KarenHaley.com and we'll figure this out together. Karen is spelled with a Y, so it's hello at KarenHaley.com. Reach out, I'm here for you. So after the colonoscopy, remember gentle, gentle, gentle on your system. Get back to your normal diet slowly. Try a probiotic to help repopulate the gut. And if you're still struggling, get in touch because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. All right. Tell me, dear listener, what did I miss? What did I not cover today with regard to the colonoscopy? I am sure that there are things I told you everything that I could think of for right now. Maybe there'll be another episode on colonoscopies if we can think of more things to talk about because we all need to be as educated as possible about this topic because chances are it's going to come up in our Crohn's and colitis life. Whatever questions, comments you have, I'm here for you. No one should feel like they're going into a colonoscopy afraid and alone. I got to say that again, no one should feel like they're going into a colonoscopy afraid and alone. I did this episode because I want you to know that you are not alone. With Crohn's and colitis, we all go through this at some point. And even though a colonoscopy will never be up there with your top life experiences, it should never be. It doesn't have to be horrendous either. You can get through it with a little planning and, as you can see, a lot of self-care. You've got this, my dear. Now go conquer that colonoscopy. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.